This is such an evil force undermining our country right now. With the midterms fast approaching. People are panicking when they see that the prices in the supermarket are this high and the gasoline is this high. A lot of people are talking. It's unbelievable what we watch it. This gender tyranny going on is mental capacity is absolutely diminished. It's Marxist destruction of the family. And you're invited to join the conversation. We're a world of hurt in this country. Let your voice be heard this November. Register to vote now at vote.gov from Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. It is uh, National Savings Day. It's also National Pulled Pork Day. So that ought to get your uh, North Carolina roots excited. And yesterday was, what, Southern Foods. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good week for Southern food. All right. Uh, Congressman Ted Budd vying to be the next U.S. Senator from North Carolina. He is in a tight race with Sherry Beasley. In fact, looking at the polling, uh, the latest polling from 538 actually has Ted taking a little bit of a – I mean, it is close, but uh, the, the spread increased a little bit. As of October 11th, they have Ted Budd at 45.4%, Beasley at 438 that's a combination of eight and Ted is Ed. <laughs> Congressman Ted Budd is on the phone with us right now. Congressman, welcome in. Good to have you with us again. It's great to be with you all. Thanks for having me back. You bet. Um, 27 days from Election Day. Give us your observations on your campaign, your momentum, how the overall race is going, your thoughts. Well, North Carolina is always close. I like to say that it's the NASCAR state. You don't win by letting off the gas in the corners. And we're going into uh, turn four here with 27 days, and uh, you know, we've got to be hammered down. And, and, and for us, that just means we stay focused, we stay humble, we ask people for their votes, and uh, we just can't let up. I mean, we've been to all 100 counties. We're continuing to travel all over the state. Um, groups are coming behind us. Uh, you know, so pleased that various law enforcement groups starting uh, last year with the National Border Patrol Council endorsed me. And then now we see groups that had endorsed my opponent, Sherry Beasley, like the North Carolina Troopers Association. Y'all watch your speed if you're listening in the car. And uh, so the Troopers Association endorsed me and then the Police Benevolent Association uh, and the North Carolina Fraternal Order of Police. Just so honored that they would, you know, look at my candidacy and say, Ted Budd is the one that supports law enforcement, which makes our streets and our neighborhoods safer. Just, I think it was just yesterday, UNCTV reported that Senate Majority PAC uh, that is aligned with uh, Chuck Schumer is spending $4 million for an ad campaign over the next two weeks in North Carolina. And what really surprised me about that, and which is, I, I mean, I, I guess that was a last-minute surge because I know you've gotten some support from uh, Mitch McConnell's group, and I think uh, 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 Donald Trump obviously has been campaigning for you. But what surprised me about this is they're going to use that $4 million to campaign against you on the issue of abortion. And, and, and Benny and I have just talked about that just yesterday. The fact is abortion doesn't even show up in the polling. I mean, when, you, when all the concerns about uh, the, the, that Americans have, that North Carolinians have, abortion comes in below other. And yet this is what they want to uh, attack you on? You know, it just shows how out of touch they are with North Carolinians. I mean, people are around, and it comes in different ways, whether I'm in the, the cities or whether I'm in the suburbs or out. You know, I live in Davie County, more of a rural area. But they're talking about inflation, and they're yeah. talking about crime, uh, whether crime, whether it's local 
uh, and fentanyl here on the ground or whether it's, uh, uh, you know, down at the border. And they're talking about education because that may not be a completely a federal issue. That's mostly happens in Raleigh and our local school boards. But they're saying they want to parents are saying they want to say in their kids education. And I'm all for that. But I, it just shows you how the Democrats have repeatedly wasted money over and over again. And look, if they want to waste money here, I'm not going to waste money. We've got a lot of people that have stepped up, small dollar donors from all 100 counties, grateful for them. And we're not going to waste a penny on this campaign. But they are uh, the Democrats have a habit of just wasting gobs of money that could be probably better otherwise spent yeah. <laughs> paying for somebody's groceries, perhaps. But uh, but right now, it's uh, we hope they waste every penny, but we're not going to waste any on our Republican side. But one of the things, Tom, is every single flavor of Republican, no matter what background you are, we're pulling together in the same direction on this race. And I'm just very thankful that we're unified and uh, we're working towards the win in 27 days. Talking to Congressman Ted Budd, vying to be the next U.S. Senator, replace Richard Burr. Speaking of abortion, there was one thing that uh, Beasley said in the debate last Friday night that I just about fell out of my chair when I heard it. When the the issue of abortion came up, she said every woman has the constitutional right to abortion. Now, we know that she was a judge because she told us about a dozen times during the debate (laughs) that she's been a judge for the last 20 years. But I'm thinking, Judge, did you not hear about the Dobbs case? Yeah, maybe her, you know, it's on a sound delay or something like that. And it just took, uh, I don't know, a hundred or more days for the message to get to her. But uh, it's not enumerated in the Constitution. Uh, the Dobbs decision made it clear. And look, this decision belongs in Raleigh rather right. than in Washington, D.C. And right. if they're going to do something crazy to federalize it like this extreme bill i mean this is the most awful bill that anyone's ever seen is a soak and they they give it these innocuous names like women's health protection act well we're all right. for women's health of course right. and right. protection but this is the most extreme abortion bill in history I, I mean abortion this is what sherry beasley believes uh, it's abortion at any time for any reason all the way up until the very moment of birth and they want to do that at taxpayer expense and if you check with north carolinians that's out of touch with them especially right now that they're trying to figure out how to pay for groceries and gas and back to school clothes about six weeks ago. And, you know, then you got Thanksgiving meals coming up uh, next month. I mean, this is this is getting out of hand. And everything that Democrats are doing is making life worse for us. Everything Sherry Beasley would do would make life, life worse for us and less safe. And everything that I'm going to do would make life better for us here in North Carolina. Uh, Cong- Congressman Bud, this is Benny Hardy. Um, Last last Friday's debate, <clears throat> yeah, of course, it's hard to call it a debate these days. I think it's more about messaging. I think by probably most objective measures, you did a much better job of getting your messaging out to the voters, also linking um, Cherry Beasley with Joe Biden and, and the Democrats. But one thing that she hit on that, uh, quite frankly, I'm hearing from a lot of farmers – because, you know, I come from a – I'm the first generation of my family in 250 years not to farm for my main main source of living. But her ads about the uh, agrobiotech civil case that your family was involved in, honestly, uh, is is pretty effective. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling the farmers to do, do their research. Um, you, you know, and she brought it up the other, last Friday night. Uh, you care to set, set the record straight on that ad that she keeps uh, – seems like every time I turn on the television, I see it. You care to set the record straight on exactly what went on with that? Yeah, of course, Benny. That was a, a publicly traded company. I believe it was on NASDAQ uh, that had bought a uh, grass seed business we had. So I would never even work for that business. So it bought us. 
Uh, and then years later, you know, uh, it went out of business. But that was something that I never even worked for. So it's a real stretch for her to talk about that. But why would, you know, it, and if it rightfully upsets farmers because we have to take care of them. But I will say one of the things that uh, ABA just came out for me today, supporting with a pro-farm uh, ad, and the Farm Bureau just last week, uh, Sherry Beasley spoke uh, for the North Carolina Agricultural Council. A few minutes later, I spoke. And uh, at the end of that, the Farm Bureau uh, gave me the Friend of Farmers Award. But I will tell you, Benny, what really hurts farmers, it's not some stretch commercial that uh, she comes up with for a company I never worked for. But it inflation, the cost of inputs, uh, inability of the Biden administration to deal with rail and potential strikes. I mean, all this stuff is hurting our farmers. Um, the, the rising cost of natural gas, which produces our fertilizer which goes in our ground which produces our groceries the cost of diesel fuel that's what hurts farmers and ultimately hurts our consumers let's assume that uh, and i think it's a fair assumption i think it's a probable assumption that the republicans take the house and the senate and uh, and and i think it's also probable i, I mean I, I look at the polling and i say okay well it's a neck and neck race but i, I you, you look at the circumstances of where we are as a nation, the favorability of Biden is just falling through the floor. And, okay, let's let's assume Ted Budd is elected. Let's, let's assume we get the House and the Senate. What can we do? What can you do? What can a Republican-led House and Senate do to curb the, the Biden administration or Obama 2.0 in terms of things like the border, crime, inflation, so if we have the House, we have the Senate, but we don't have the White House, is that enough to begin to turn the ship around? Well, think about it like driving a car. You know, I said we're from the racing stage. So think about this in terms of gas and brakes. The first two years, you predominantly have the brakes with legislation uh, and with uh, with the hearings. Because I'm, like, I'm on the Financial Services Committee right now. When I look behind me, I see Maxine Waters as the chairwoman. She got that gavel from Nancy Pelosi because they're in the majority in the U.S. House. And when I look to my left, I see on the Financial Services Committee, three out of four of the squad. And those are the people that want to run your banking, your insurance, your housing, and the rest of the economy. But I get to say anything I want to in the hearings we have for five minutes, but I don't get to control what the hearing is about. So what we get to do are the right, when we take back the House and we take back the Senate, we get to hold the administration accountable for what they've done to hurt us as a country for the last two years and it's everything is not about revenge so take take that off the table this is about getting our country back on the right track and having a government doing what it's supposed to be doing that is protecting the rights of our citizens rather than taking them away so we get things back on track in the first two years by using the brake pedal and then in 2024 we can we can gas it in the right direction which we did in 2016 when Trump won, we brought down, we, uh, we gave 95% of individuals out there a tax cut. Um, we uh, revamped um, the VA for our veterans. Uh, we did so many things. We led to the fastest uh, wage increases for those at the bottom of the economic pyramid, lowest unemployment in history for women, for Hispanics, for African-Americans. We were winning, and we can get back to that with a gas pedal. We can do some of those things in 2022. And we can do a lot of those things in 2024. 
Ted, I know you profess to be a Christian, and so many of the issues that our country is facing are are moral issues, <laughs> violence, human trafficking, sexual perversion, absentee parents, the list goes on and on and on. And listen, I, I, I do not want or expect the government to be the church or endorse a particular religion. I think that would go against our Constitution. But I sure don't want the government to block the church or prohibit the free exercise of religion. And we see cake makers, we see photographers, we see web designers, we see florists, uh, all being held at bay by some government entity. Uh, they're basically saying, listen, you follow our woke mandates or we're going to put you out of business with fines and even even some are being threatened with jail time. Uh, boy, it, I mean, it really does appear that, that we've got a spiritual battle going on here. React, react to that, if you would. Well, I would agree 100% because we have to deal with a lot of these things in government at a surface level. But this really uh, emanates about, you know, Personnel is policy, and so it's the persons that you put in elected office and in the bureaucracies around the country that live out of their worldview. Because all of us, 100% of the time, completely are operating out of our worldview. Yes. And when you divorce ourselves from a predominantly Christian worldview, and I'm talking about historically, not that everyone was Christian, but they predominantly held a Judeo-Christian Western worldview. Right. And that led to unparamount uh, success and peace and prosperity despite what the left and the few college professors would say, unprecedented um, well-being in the world. And when we divorce ourselves from that, things begin to fall apart. Uh, you begin to have no moral uh, reason for doing the right thing. And so I, I think um, a lot of these problems are solved at the kitchen table, and a lot, of, a lot of them are really solved by going to our Creator in prayer and asking for His restoration and forgiveness. And for me... That was coming to Christ and trusting Him as my Savior. Uh, con <clears throat> Congressman Bud, um, full disclosure, I'm accountant by trade, so I'm kind of a numbers guy. Um, you fa Are fast you an introvert or <clears throat> expert accountant? Uh, well, <laughs> extrovert. You know, my, extrovert. My, my wife says uh, <laughs> I'm not a boring person. I just get interested in boring things. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but it, but anyway, um, you know, we're at the level of debt now in America, over thirty trillion dollars in debt. Fast forward two years from now, perfect world. Uh, the Republicans are in the White House. Republicans control Cong both houses of Congress. You know, we're at the point now where in just a few years uh, with rising interest costs, uh, it's, interest costs in our budget is rising faster than Social Security and Medicare, which is not secure. Um, you've, got the, you've got the House. You've got the Senate. You've got the White House. What's your ideas on, on controlling this national debt and get, getting our House back in order? Well, the first thing to realize is we don't have a – taxing problem in this country we got a spending problem bingo so what i love it excuse me let me let me clarify this when people say that we need to reduce the deficit i go whoa 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 you don't reduce your deficit in your household budget you end the deficit and you reduce your debt yep so i think we need to have a vocabulary training around the country about the difference between deficit which is how much you overspend every year versus the debt, which is the accumulation of all of that. So I really think that, first of all, you bring the deficit to zero by, and I think you need to do that by growing our economy, controlling spending. And you can work that down so you don't shock the economy. But we need to reduce our deficit to zero. And then, like, I think in a bipartisan way, and 
Maybe we'll do it with all Republicans. I don't know. But in 1995 was the last time that the deficit was at zero. We need to get to back to that thinking. And a lot of that came through uh, some reforms that Newt Gingrich put into place, the Speaker of the House, that really grew our economy so that we could do that. So I think we got to grow our economy and we got to think about reducing spending. Because when we stop spending in Washington and stop taking money out of people's pockets, it doubles, triples, tenfold in the economy. And it doesn't happen when you spend it through the lenses of the federal government. What do you, what do you think about uh, the possibility of, you know, hey, you know, in, in the past it just doesn't seem like this can get done. What do you think about the ideas of a convention of states getting this done? Well, you know, that's, that's something we certainly take a look at. It's written into the Constitution um, it, to end-run and intractable um, legislative bodies. I would like to attempt it without that. Uh, but, again, it's written there by our founding fathers as a um, release. I think one of the concerns is that would it become a runaway train? But I don't, I don't see that in the uh, Convention of States um, uh, in Article 5. But, anyway, I, you know, again – Let's take a look at it, but let's see what we can do with a Republican House and Senate and in 2024 Republican presidency. Is it a foregone conclusion that Mitch McConnell, assuming the Republicans take the Senate, that Mitch McConnell will be the head of the the Senate for the Republicans, the majority leader? Well, historically, you know, it's always been by acclamation. There's never been a vote. But all I'm working on right now is me winning this thing in 27 days. That's what I'm exclusively focused on. I'll tell you this. Whoever is Republican leader, here's what I want for them. I want them to be the majority leader, not the minority leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I won't I won't share you my opinion with that right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of opinions. Let me tell you what. Uh, where can people get uh, in touch with uh, Ted Budd and your, uh, w- your website if they want to donate? Uh, and are you going to be down in the East anytime soon? Oh, I'll be in Edenton here uh, tomorrow evening, and I'll be spending some time uh, out in the east in the next couple of days. Look forward to that. Uh, Carteret County, Craven County, I'll be all around uh, the east parts uh, of the state. Now, if we they want to get a hold of me. It's, Go ahead. Yep. Oh, tedbud.com. If you can get the D's in the right place, you're, you're set. So it's T-E-D with one D, Bud with two D's, tedbud.com. I'd be honored to earn your support especially as we try to win this for our country in the next 27 days. Now, all the areas that you just mentioned where you're going to be in the east in the next few days is in our coverage area. So if they go to tedbud.com, is there a schedule up there that they can find out where they can come out and meet you? You know, I don't know if it's on there or not. I can talk to the, the team and make sure we put some things up on there. But you can also email info at tedbud.com. So better yet for the events, if you have a question about an event, just put it in the subject line. Uh, what you're looking for in the east, and it's info at headbud.com, and we'll have folks looking out for it. All right, one last question. Uh, after you win, you will make yourself available to news and views on a regular basis. You got it. Well, All right. Where's the contract? I'll press hard. I'm making three copies. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Congressman Bud, uh, Thanks, and much success to you, and uh, finish strong. God bless you all. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ted. Bye-bye. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. 